0: Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Monday, September 11th. It is Mailroom Monday here at the podcast, and I've got a couple of burning questions from listeners I'm going to address today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Right, you guys. So you know, I love going through your mail. I love getting email from you. You can email me, podcast at thebusymom.com. And I go through those every week, my husband and I, and sometimes a few of our staff members, we sit and we look through them and we decide what, uh, which emails really we're going to be able to take and when. And today we're going to take, I'm actually going to try to take the time to tackle two important topics. The first one comes because I've been getting a relatively decent amount of emails lately from those of you who are grandparents. And I'm gonna be speaking today to the importance of grandparents in the first part of Mailbox Monday. And in the second part of the broadcast today, I'm gonna to be tackling the uh this issue that's come up recently called the Nashville Statement. It's a Coalition for Biblical Sexuality. Uh, this was a statement that was issued by... uh by many prominent church leaders And it sort of reads like a who's who of evangelical Christian leaders. So I'm gonna talk just briefly. Uh, Many of you have asked me my thoughts on that, and so I'm gonna share them today. But before I do, I wanna remind you of a couple things. First of all, we are into day 11 now of the September Scripture Writing Challenge. Today's verse is found in Isaiah 41, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Isaiah 41, verses seven through 10. It reads like this. "The The carver encourages the goldsmith. And the molder helps at the anvil. Good, they say, it's coming along fine. Carefully, they join the parts together, then fasten the thing in place so it won't fall over. But as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descended from Abraham, my friend. I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant. For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That is today's scripture writing challenge. Every day I am choosing... A different passage in scripture. We are going through in the month of September, thirty days of becoming. So, becoming wise, becoming free. In every, uh, in, I've chosen five different areas of becoming to sort of go along with the release of my book, "Becoming Mom Strong." And so, this particular passage is important to me because I'm reading in here that God says, "A, He chose me." I was chosen by him and just like a carver encourages a goldsmith and the and the molder helps at the anvil they work together God is saying I have called you back from the ends of the earth I have chosen you I'm not going to throw you away Don't be afraid for I'm with you. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, if we haven't had a lot of things to be afraid of and worried about lately, right? Not the least of which is uh, crazy Kim uh, Kim Jong-un over there in North Korea. Obviously, Hurricane Irma having a devastating effect on the people of Florida and in Puerto Rico. And we've had fires here in the Pacific Northwest flooding down in Louisiana and Texas, And there's certainly reason, I think, for God's people to look to the skies and say, Father, we need your help. But the Bible responds before we ever enter trouble. And God says, don't be afraid because I'm always going to be with you. I will strengthen you and help you. And just like you heard my sister say last Monday on the podcast, we don't have the grace that we need until we're in a position to need it. And so for those of you who have not joined me at the scripture writing challenge, I'm gonna link back to it like I always do in the show notes today, but you can find the scripture writing at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing, and you can download that scripture writing. Your children can write it with you. It comes with copy work. I just want to encourage you, subscribe to the blog. It's a free download. Uh, Being in the word of God every day is life changing. It will literally change your life. The second thing I want to touch on uh, today as it's mailbox Monday is just to remind you that I am so, so, so close. My book releases officially a week from tomorrow. And guess what? I have heard that they have already sold out of the uh, Bible study and it is on back order. So I know many of you are waiting anxiously to get those books and we've already ordered a brand new printing of the Bible study. This is the perfect time of year to begin a MomStrong group in your neck of the woods. And we are currently uh, sifting through applications. If you're interested in becoming a MomStrong group leader, I'll link back to that uh, group leader application. And here's the thing, you guys, anybody is welcome, obviously, to lead a Bible study on at any day for any content. This is a little bit different in that being accepted or approved for a, a MomStrong group leader is going to um, put you through training with me to walk other women through Bible study. And also, we're going to give you an endorsement in a manner of speaking uh, and and keep you registered as a leader in your area so that other women can reach out to you now or in the future. So if you are excited about this and looking at MomStrong as a movement like I am, I am praying for women like you to be leaders in your community in the future. And so we're gonna be touching base with these leaders as this unfolds over time even after the initial MomStrong Bible study can, uh, comes to an end. But I want you just to be encouraged. I will link back to the MomStrong group leader application and we would love to hear from you and uh, have you answer some questions to let us know a little bit more about you. If you have not yet pre-ordered Becoming MomStrong, can I just encourage you to do that? This is still, the pre-order gifts are still available for just one more week. And so this is a great time. You can order from any of your favorite booksellers. Many of them have it on a uh, serious sale right now. So um go on over and check that out. Uh one more thing, if you're in the Portland Vancouver area, I am going to be having a sort of a kickoff really of the Mom Strong movement on the day that the book releases, so September 19th at 6.30 p.m. at Lacamas Lake Lodge. I'll link back to that. You need a ticket to get in. It's only five bucks, but you need a ticket to get in. And we're gonna be doing tons of giveaways. We're gonna be encouraging you, praying with you, praying over this movement that is calling mothers and grandparents back to the word of God. And I hope that if you're in the area, you'll bring your friends and join us. We're gonna have an incredible night uh, that you won't soon forget. All right, so I want to get right into a couple of questions that I've been receiving over at Podcast at The Busy Mom. First of all, thank you for submitting those questions. I really appreciate that. And I want to just point you again back to the Word of God. So Paul writes in Colossians 4, verse 6, "'Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone.'" And before I jump into this this topic of the Nashville Statement, I just want to say again that nobody, including me, uh, has anything in this life 100% figured out. What we do have figured out is we know that there's one way to salvation, and we also know that we live in a fallen, sinful world, and I am always amazed at how God allows us to learn from each other. And I want this to be, I want the podcast to be a place where we hear different points of view expressed because it's important to hear those points of view and then do what? take those points of view to the Bible and filter them through the grid of God's word because uh, we need to be listening to each other. It's something I'm noticing uh, in the culture now is we're not really listening to each other and particularly where the, uh, the issue of human sexuality is concerned, we have to know what the Bible says about it and live out our lives with sensitivity toward other people, but a conviction that comes from the word of God. So I love this quote. And that I that I picked up recently. It says the question before us and the question that really matters is simply what do you think of Christ? And what are you going to do with Christ? Now, this is the question that we need to be asking ourselves over. And that was A.W. Tozer, by the way. But this is the question we need to be asking ourselves because Tozer's wisdom applies to conversations about human sexuality. It applies to conversations about marriage. We've got to be in the word and we've got to know what God says. But first of all, we start with, we, we come at this from a, pos, a position of grace because Paul his instructions to us in Colossians 4 are very clear. No matter what it is that we are talking about with each other, our conversation needs to be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that we can know how to answer everybody. And I was reading an article recently and I'll link back to it today. That uh, was written in response to the Nashville Statement. So, for those of you who are not familiar with the Nashville Statement, let me let me uh, make you familiar with it really quickly. The Nashville Statement was written uh, by a group called the Coalition for Biblical Sexuality. It literally reads uh, the end of it where uh, people signed it. It literally reads like kind of a who's who of of uh, very well known and very solid. Uh, Christian thinkers and teachers, John MacArthur, Al Mohler, Tony Perkins, Francis Chan, Uh, oh my goodness, Alistair Begg, Nancy Lee uh, DeMoss-Wolgamuth, there are R.C. Sproul, there are Wayne Grudem, oh my goodness, Dr. Dobson, there are so many people, John Piper, who have signed on to this, Randy Alcorn, who uh, lives here in my neck of the woods, who have signed on to this. And so I decided to uh, take a look at it myself. I'm gonna read to you Uh, the preamble, because what they're trying to do is come together as a group of Christian teachers and speakers and pastors and teachers and say, this is what we believe to be true about human sexuality. So here's what they say in the preamble. They start it with Psalm 100, verse three, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. This is a preamble. Evangelical Christians at the dawn of the 21st century find themselves living in a period of historic transition. As Western culture has become increasingly post-Christian, it has embarked upon a massive revision of what it means to be a human being. By and large, the spirit of our age no longer discerns or delights in the beauty of God's design for human life. Many deny that God created human beings for his glory and that his good purposes for us include our personal and physical design as male and female. It is common to think that human identity as male and female is not part of God's beautiful plan, but is rather an expression of an individual's autonomous preferences. The pathway to full and lasting joy through God's good design for his creatures is thus replaced by the path of short-sighted alternatives that, sooner or later, ruin human life, and dishonor God. This secular spirit of our age presents a great challenge to the Christian church. Will the church of the Lord Jesus Christ lose her biblical conviction, clarity, and courage and blend into the spirit of the age? Or will she hold fast to the word of life, draw courage from Jesus, and unashamedly proclaim his way as the way of life? Will she maintain her clear countercultural witness to a world that seems bent on ruin? We are persuaded that faithfulness in our generation means declaring once again the true story of the world and of our place in it, particularly as male and female. Christian scriptures teaches us that there is but one God who alone is creator and Lord of all. To him alone, every person owes glad-hearted thanksgiving, heartfelt praise, and total allegiance. This is the path not only of glorifying God, but of knowing ourselves. To forget our creator is to forget who we are, for he made us for himself. And we cannot know ourselves truly without truly knowing him who made us. We did not make ourselves. We are not our own. Our true identity as male and female persons is given by God. It is not only foolish, but hopeless to try to make ourselves what God did not create us to be. We believe that God's design for his creation and his way of salvation serve to bring him the greatest glory and bring us the greatest good. God's good plan provides us with the greatest freedom. Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it in overflowing measure. He is for us and not against us. Therefore, in the hope of serving Christ's church and witnessing publicly to the good purpose of God for human sexuality re- revealed in Christian scripture, we offer the following affirmations and denials. So that's just the, that's the beginning. Basically the uh, the Nashville statement, the coalition for biblical sexuality going to lay out their their case and why they're going to do this. And I have read through every article in the Nashville uh in the Nashville statement and I agree with it. I'm just here to say there are 14 points in it and I agree with every single one of them. Uh, starting with article one says, we affirm that God has designed marriage to be a covenantal, sexual, procreative, lifelong union between one man and one woman as husband and wife, and is meant to signify the covenant love between Christ and his bride, the church. We deny that God has designed marriage to be a homosexual, polygamous, or polyamorous relationship. We also deny that marriage is a mere human contract, rather a covenant made before God. So this this goes on, and obviously, like I said earlier, uh, there are many Christian teachers and pastors and leaders who signed the national statement that I, Agree with and affirm one hundred percent. My only—I have a couple of a little bit of angst about this, and I'll tell you—I'll I'll tell you what it is. First of all, every single article that's written in here is written from a Christian perspective, but with absolutely no scripture to back it up. That's the first thing that I that bothered me right away. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what all of us think, right? It doesn't matter what Heidi Saint John says, or even what I know uh, Francis Chan would say this doesn't matter what Francis Chan says. It only really matters what God says. So it bothers me, uh, to some degree that the only verse that's listed in the Nashville statement is Psalm hundred verse three, which is great. Know that the Lord is himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. I wish that they would have backed up what they're saying with, uh, with scripture because every single one of these articles has scripture to back it up. And so it would have been good to have the scripture out there so that people reading it can see this is not just a bunch of people coming together to make a statement. This is us saying, this is what we believe about human sexuality based on what we read in the Bible. So listen, our confusion about sexuality is rooted in our confusion about God. And that's why I feel like as we interact uh, with other Christians and interact with other teachers, we need to start by affirming the foundational truths that have long been neglected by seeker-friendly churches. So part of the way that we do that is by taking them back to the word of God. By saying, "Hey, you know what? Yes, we're confused about sexuality right now, but we've been confused about God and His role in in uh, in our lives for so long. We got so such bigger fish to fry uh, in terms of our confusion about God that I wish we would have started there." Uh, Ephesians 4, in Ephesians 4, verses 31 to 32, Paul says that we are to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander among you and every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in God forgave you. And so the challenge when we read this uh, is that we... The Apostle Paul is kind of telling us, listen, we can't just study the, this topic of human sexuality without knowing what God says about malice and bitterness and brawling and slander and all the other things, the sort of acceptable sins that happen in the church every day. We need to study and apply what the Bible teaches about love and Christian unity. And so while I agree with what's in the Nashville statement, I, I really wish that they would have added scripture to it. Now, people are going to say, well, it wouldn't matter because if they would have added scripture, there's people who just don't believe that the Bible is true. Well, that's true. But those of us who do believe the Bible is true, or those of us who are trying to teach God's truths to our children should be able to take something like this and say, this is what they said they believe, and this is why they believe it. So Again, I, you know, I'll link back to the Nashville statement. You can, uh, you can read it for yourself. I understand the reason for it. I don't think it was an unkind thing to do, but I think it can look unkind when it has the appearance of human wisdom rather than this is what the word of God says. And because of this, we affirm this. And because God says this, we affirm that. And so that's my only beef, uh, with the Nashville statement. Again, I said I will link back to it so that you can, uh, you can check it out. I am glad to see more, uh, Christian leaders who are in prominent positions talking about the issues that are happening in our culture right now, because so many churches are either teaching wrong things or we run from the topics that are uh, frightening or divisive and we don't teach on them at all. And both of those things are ditches. And you've heard me say you know, many, many times here at the podcast that the devil doesn't care which ditch he knocks us into so long as we're in a ditch. And so- We want to be careful to stay in the middle of of the road. The Bible says that the road that leads to destruction is wide, but the road that leads to life is narrow and few find it. And so I, I I would challenge you by saying that on either side of that wide road is a ditch. And we want to be careful. And the farther out on that wide road you get, the closer you get to the ditch. You want to stay away from the ditch? Walk in right relationship with God. That's found walking right in the center and then living in the tension between uh, truth and grace. I want to point out too, uh, because I know some of you are going to ask and you haven't uh, seen this, but Rosario Butterfield, who is one of the foremost, uh, I think, Christian authorities on the issue of homosexuality and transgender relationships, has also signed on to this agreement. That carried a lot of weight with me because I I believe she has balanced very well uh, grace and truth in her discussion about human sexuality. So if you're not familiar with Rosario Butterfield, I will link back to her. She's written some wonderful things on the topic of uh, homosexuality. She's very familiar with it, having lived that lifestyle for a long time. So uh, check out the Nashville Statement, and also I'll link back to uh, some of these other teachers. The last thing I want to touch on today, and I'm, I'm, I'm really out of time, so I'm going to do this really quickly, is the importance of Grandparents. Uh, Many of you know that I have grandchildren. My husband, Jay, and I have two uh, grandsons now, little Noah and Wesley, who we love to the moon and back. And we've decided that grandparenting is really uh, the reason why they call it grandparenting is because it really is grand. Like it's all of the newborn and none of the night shift, <laughs> right? For most of us. I realize that's not everybody's situation, but I think it's supposed to be that way, right? This is what we want. We want to raise our children to love and serve the Lord and train them so that they in turn can train their children to love and serve the Lord. So what is the important, what, what role uh, do grandparents play? Well, I'd like to just kind of say really quickly, my grandparents played an enormously important role in my life uh, because of how dysfunctional my family was. My grandparents for many, uh, in many uh, areas, informed me on the all, pretty much everything about the Lord. My grandmother led me to the Lord now, they talked to me about what was happening in the culture. They were very well, my grandfather, well, actually both my grandparents were very political. My grandmother on my father's side taught me how to make the best fudge in the history of fudge. And uh I didn't get the recipe from her. And I'm still kicking myself for it because all six of my sisters have tried it and we just can't get it right. But we remember Uh, we remember the influence that our grandparents uh, uh, had over our lives. In Deuteronomy 4, um, the Israelites are told to keep the commandments of the Lord your God. That's verse two. But if you go down to verse nine, you'll read, teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Now, when I read this, I realized that my husband and I are responsible to teach two generations, not just one. Now, I know a bunch of you are thinking, man, you're gonna have your grandchildren, you're gonna be off the hook. But it's actually not true. You're just going to be older and have the same amount of work to do, <laughs> All right? So we're not we're not asked to just you know spoil our grandchildren and dote on them and just be a secondary grand or be secondary uh, caregivers to our grandchildren. The Bible is actually telling us that we are to be spiritual influencers, right? So in Deuteronomy four, we're told keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and then down in verse nine, teach them to your children teach the commandments of the Lord to your children and your grandchildren. We are to teach them. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me wanna be as close to my grandchildren as I can be. And I realize that that's not true for, that it's not desirable or even possible in every scenario to move closer, to be physically close to your grandchildren. But my point is, is that we need to be looking always to what the scripture has to say. So whether it's a simple command, Like the one in Deuteronomy 4, where we're told to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and then teach them to our children and grandchildren, or in the many other passages that command us to pass on God's word from our generation to the next generation, we have an active role as grandparents, and it is regularly implied in the word of God. If you don't believe me, check this out. A multi generational vision is described by the psalmist Asaph in Psalm 78. So, in Psalm 78, verses 5, well, halfway through uh, verse 5 to verse 7, we read this He commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. And so this is really the, the goal, isn't it? This is what we're doing on this earth. This is why, uh, it's so important that we know the word of God, that we can pass it on to our children. Because like I'm always saying, we can't give our kids what we don't have. And I'll just, I'll go back really quickly, uh, to the Nashville statement to say, while I totally agreed with it and what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, I wish that they would have said, it because everything that they're talking about, every article uh, articles one through 14 in the Nashville statement come from scripture. But when you don't know what scripture they come from, it turns out to appear to be human wisdom and our children don't need human wisdom. They need godly wisdom. And so according to Deuteronomy, we are to teach two generations, but according to this passage in the Psalms, we get to influence four. So let's let's look at it again and put ourselves in the role of the ancestors that Asaph met- mentioned. So we, this is you and me, generation one, are to teach our children, that's our grandchildren, so we got generation two, about the things of God so that the grandchildren, generation three, not yet born would know them and that in turn, they will tell their children. That's generation four. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? I'm always telling moms when I speak, hey, listen, right now you are raising parents for your grandchildren. It happens so fast. And the vision of grandparents, according to God's word, should extend far beyond our own children to a generation that's beyond the one that's not yet born. Why? In the hope that they would follow God. I hope that's your desire. I hope it's your desire to be as influential as you possibly can. That means you talk to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren about the things of the Lord. My husband and I are blessed to live with Jay's mom. We actually lived with his mom and dad until about three years ago when the Lord took dad home. But I'll tell you what, the influence that Jay's parents are having on our children will impact their children's children. I guarantee it, the incredible potential for discipleship gives our job as grandparents incredible significance. We have significance in the eyes of the Lord. And I don't want you to be discouraged when you think, oh, I'm just somebody's grandmother. No, you have incredible influence in the lives of your children. So uh, so lean in to Deuteronomy 4 and and let that responsibility of teaching the commandments of the Lord to your children and to your grandchildren soak down deep into your soul because it's important. I appreciate you listening. If you've got questions that you would like me to address on the podcast, please email me, podcast at thebusymom.com. Also, I would love it if you would hop on over to iTunes. We've finally figured out how to get rid of that duplicate, uh, that duplicate podcast over there, but unfortunately, we lost about 115 of your uh, reviews. So if you could hop on over to iTunes and leave a review for this podcast there, I would be so grateful. We pray for you every week, and I am going to be so excited to see what God does with you and with uh, the lives of your children as you train and teach them in the ways of the Lord. Have a great day, everybody. I will see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.